الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دوشك الله Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Inshallah, just to carry on from where we left off in the last session. We were covering the prominent companions who were given that maqam of shahadat in the battle of Yamama we covered quite a few companions I believe that we were on Hazrat Abbad bin Bashir radiallahu ta'ala an who was the leader of the Ansari camp he was a brave soldier and if you recall in the last session I said that for many of the companions when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave them a dua that may Allah shower his mercy on that individual that meant shahadat that Allah will grant them shahadat and Abad bin Bashir was also one of the companions when Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard his beautiful recitation of the Quran and he said to Hazrat Aisha that is this Abad praying in the masjid and she said that it is Abad bin Bashir that is praying and Huzur alayhi salatu was salam made a dua that may Allah have mercy on him Rahimahumullah and the companions knew that if Huzur alayhi salatu was salam made that dua that meant shahadat and this maqam, this status was given to him in the battle of Yamama what a brave soldier Mujahid he was, it is said that the companions would give his example of uh, great courage and valor on that day he fought vehemently very strongly and he is the one who dug that hole in front of him and he put himself inside and he said that no one is going to push me back and he fought until the end he was, uh, when he uh, passed away when he was shaheed uh, the muhaddisin have said that he was 45 years of age so he was a grand sahabi of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam it was Abad bin Bashir just to give you one example how uh, brave he was that in the beginning what he did is that he climbed up this hill and he looked at the men, his followers, the Ansari group and he took his sword out from the sheath and he broke that sheath, cracked it 
and that meant that we will fight until death so all the companions who were in his group they did the same thing they took their swords out and broke that casing of the sword that sheath and it was cracked and majority of them were also made shaheed so these were great great companions after that we come to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an if a Muslim don't know the state of status of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid then really he has no knowledge of the companions unfortunately our youth know Spider-Man and how Spider-Man climbs the buildings and they want to play Spider-Man games and Superman wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah and we have no knowledge of this great soldier this general of Islam this mujahid and there are no words that can describe Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an wallahi lazim when you read about Hazrat Khalid bin Walid you start to imagine him that who this man must be how his face must be how his hands must be what a powerful man he was uh, and there are two sides to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid uh, one was the side of kufr and the other side was when he embraced Islam and this very powerful personality a few days ago I think it was yesterday Yvonne Ridley she came here to the masjid and I was talking with her and uh, to my surprise she said to me that you know Malana the one thing which I really want to do in my life let alone my political career is to make a documentary on this great man whose name was Khalid bin Walid and Muslims don't know about him at all this is uh, a lady speaking to me about Khalid bin Walid and she was uh, again a journalist so they are uh, learned uh, in their in their work of course they have to study so she studied a lot she she know she knew everything about Khalid bin Walid after talking to and I said well uh, it is a coincidence that uh, in our Durus programs that we are talking about Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an but the deputy the the commander-in-chief of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's army in his entire time of Khilafat is Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an so we have to talk about him so there was one thing what she said to me she said to me that there is one she mentioned that uh, the name of that city which I can't recall and that is where a lot of the British soldiers are trained and she said to me that they are trained and the person who trains them he teaches them the method which Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an had employed in his time his okay. tactics and the slogan for for those uh, soldiers, the youth that are under him is Khalid bin Walid, Khalid bin Walid, Khalid bin Walid. This is what they have to chant out. And when they say about Khalid bin Walid, Khalid bin Walid, it's this energy that they receive. And this is coming out from her mouth. And this is no surprise when you look, read some of the books. Uh, one of the famous uh, German 
commander, Arun Ramal. Arun Ramal. He was questioned that what is the reason of his great uh, understanding of military fighting and combating and his success to his military life. And this man, Arun Ramal, he said that my, the reason why I have been successful is because I have read all of the Sira biography of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and his tactics, what he employed when he fought against the Roman Empire and the Persians and the Syrians and Iraq and what he did. He was a powerful man. This is what Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said about Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Not only was he a soldier, not only was he skillful with his sword, it is said that he would carry the heaviest sword from amongst the companions. One of the most heaviest swords was carried by Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. It was a two-sided blade and the blade was sharper than razor blade. And anything that came in front of him, he was so fast that he could open up the battlefield for the Muslims, for the Muslims to penetrate. And he was usually the first man to do it. And they would always put him forward. So he was incredibly powerful. People feared him just by his name, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Subhanallah So we have to take time out to understand this great, great Sahabi of Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an. At the end when Musaylamatul Kazab was killed, everything was over. If you recall that it was again Hazrat Khalid bin Walid which uh, sliced the wall that his army had put up in front and all of them were killed and it was possible for the Muslims to go through and target Musaylamatul Kazab. At the end if you remember that hostage, what is his name? Majjah. The Muslims that were holding Majjah as a hostage. He was amongst, uh, he was one of the people of Banu Hanifa. So he was, he was uh, again a part of Musaylamatul Kazab's followers. So the Muslims had taken him as a hostage. When the war was over, the battle was over, Majjah was with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said to him that you recognize all the people here, those that are uh, who are followers of Musaylamah, tell me each one of them and their names and their positions. So he said, this is Rajal, this is so and so, this is so and so, this is so and so. Until Hazrat Khalid bin Walid came to Hazrat, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid came with the companions Raja, um, Majja, and Musaylamatul Kazab was in front of him. So he wanted to verify that this is the body of Musaylamatul Kazab. Majja was there and he said that this is Musaylamatul Kazab. So Hazrat Khalid bin Walid picked him up and looked at his face and looked at Majja and he said, Is this the face that Deceived, that has deceived all of you and has made you turn away from Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he put him down and Majjal looked down and he said that yes this is Musaylamatul Kazzab so Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was very shocked that when you look at his face he didn't have uh, that personality 
but again, like I said, that he had a jinn in him, and when he would speak, he would also hypnotize people. As Khalid bin Walid then looked at the Muslimin and the Shuhada that were there, Majja was a noble man of his uh, tribe, and he knew that very quickly he would have to come up, strike up a deal, a truce with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. So he said to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, Banu Hanifa was a massive tribe, a very big tribe, scattered all around. So there were different pockets which uh, did not engage into the battle with the Muslimin. So there were still a lot of the soldiers that were scattered. And one of them was the tribe of Majja. So Majja said to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid that, look, I am here and I want to strike a deal with you for my followers, for my tribe. I still have an army of men there protecting my fortress where we are living. So we are prepared to give the Muslims annually this amount of gold and silver and money that you give us the protection. So Hazrat Khalid bin Walid looked at some of his close companions and looked at the shuhada and Muslims were drained out. This was the bloodiest battle and it was difficult time for the Muslims also. So Al Khalid bin Walid thought that if there are a lot of people still there now again to continue fighting would be a bit difficult. So he said if they are prepared to pay as jizya or tax to the Muslim, it is fine. So Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala agreed to that. Now Majjah was again very shrewd and a clever man. So he said that first let me go back to my people and negotiate with them what I have said to you. So the Khalid bin Walid said, okay, fine, you go. And it was close to uh, Maghrib time. It was dark also. So Majjah, when he went to his area, the fortress that was there, there was no one there, not a single man. Everyone was killed by the Muslimin anyway. So there were only all men and women there. So he said, quickly what I want you to do is to dress up in your armory, put your hair in front. This is what the soldiers did so they'd have long hair. Put your helmets on, take your swords out and pretend that you are soldiers and take up your positions and guard the fortress. So now it was dark and they had black clothes. So all of a sudden, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid sees that now a storm of people are guarding this building, all of them come out and as the Khalid bin Walid from the distance is looking that there are a lot of people there and the Muslims are tired after a heavy fight with Musaylamatul Kazab's main army, <laughs> his Republican guards <laughs> and uh, you know all, all the people that were there and Majja comes back and he says well I've told my people we've discussed we are prepared, uh, do you agree to the truth? And he says, yes, exactly what you have said. He says, no, I've had a word with the people and we are prepared to pay you half the amount which we agreed on. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said, half then half, he agreed. And then Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said, now let me take, take me to your people, I want to see them. So Majja for a second thought that, what should I do? There was no uh, excuse for him. He was the only one there, a young man who was alive, and the rest were all women and old people. So Majja says, Khalid, if you want to come. Now, they knew that if a word is given, if a Muslim makes a promise, that promise will remain intact all the time. 
they will not break that promise so the Khalid bin Walid came with the Muslimin uh, and entered the fortress and as the Khalid bin Walid came close by he noticed that there was not a single man strong soldier there everyone was old, weak and all women so he said that I thought that you had a lot of people protecting this fortress he says well I had to do what I had to do for my people Ya Khalid so the Khalid bin Walid said that you've tricked me so he says well I had to do what I had to do for my people so the Khalid bin Walid said that khalas this is what you uh, entered me into a situation uh, he did not consult Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and this was the opinion Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had had given the permission to the Amir, to the commanders, to the generals that you have the power to decide what is beneficial for the Muslimin. So at that time he thought that it was better for him to surrender or for a truce, not to surrender for the, for the Kuffar to pay the Muslims uh, an amount of gold and silver and money. So how Khalid bin Walid is Khalid bin Walid, a great man, a man of great intellect. So he looked at Majja and he says, Majja, listen to me, you are a noble man. Now, they are not talking about religious identity, you are talking about Qadail tribes. So you are one noble man from your tribe, and I am Khalid bin Walid also, a noble man. So he said that, I know you have a daughter. And as Khalid bin Walid directly says to him that, my wish, my wish is to make nikah with your daughter. Now imagine the situation. Now Majja did not know how to answer Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. And he was not in that position to say no to someone like Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. After all, they were great leaders of their tribes, both of them. So he looked at Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, he says, you want to marry my daughter right now and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid says right now I wish to make nikah with your daughter so the father went spoke to the daughter and the daughter agreed and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid eventually got married to the daughter of Majja now when this news broke out to the people of Medina that Hazrat Khalid bin Walid uh, has made nikah uh, with the daughter of Majja and Hazrat Umar Farooq was there and Hazrat Umar Farooq was always strong in his opinion again we come to the situation that can someone marry uh, a lady or a man marrying a woman or a woman marrying a man if he is from Ahl Kitab, if he is a Christian this again is a, another issue but Hazrat Umar Farooq disagreed with that especially if a man holds that very high position so he made mashwara, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's right hand man was Hazrat Umar Farooq and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq got very angry and he wrote a letter and said that give this letter immediately to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid so a man came from Madinatul Munawwara, Qasid of Amirul Mu'mineen, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and a letter was given to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and in that letter it said that Ya Khalid, what have you done that the blood of the shuhada is still fresh and visible and Majjah has tricked you 
and trick the Muslimin. And then after that you decide to marry the daughter of our enemy Majjah. So Hazrat Khalid bin Walid when he read this very short and precise letter. So he looked at the messenger and he said that this is not the opinion of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. This is the opinion of Hazrat Omar Farooq. <laughs> now you have two very, very strong character people. On one side you have Hazrat Omar Farooq and on one side you have Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. So when you want to look at them, you look at them like that. This is who literally they were, very powerful people. So he said this is not Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's letter. This is Hazrat Umar Farooq but endorsed and signed by Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. It had his mohar, the stamp. So in reply to that, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid wrote a letter to Amirul Mu'mineen and he said, Amirul Mu'mineen, if you can provide for me justification from the Quran and Sunnah that what Khalid bin Walid has done, nikah, with the daughter of Majjah is not right and appropriate, then I am prepared to do whatever you tell me. But I have not done anything wrong in accordance to the Sharia. At that time it was jais for them to marry. This was the tafteeq, Huzur Islam gave permission, one. And he said that as for Majjah tricking, tricking me into this, he said that I had consulted the Muslimin that were with me and it was the bloodiest war. It was uh, strong fighting between both Muslims and uh, the army of Musaylamatul Kazab. And what I thought was best for the Muslims, in the best interest for the Muslims, this is the decision that I made. And although it was wrong, but I judged everything by what was apparent to me. And thirdly what he said is that you say to me that the blood of the shuhada is still visible and the shuhada are still in front of you, in front of me. And he said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq in the letter, in the name of Allah, I have great pain for the companions who are martyred. And it is not that I have married and I have forgotten the shuhada. The shuhada have got that position, they are in Jannah. Wallahi al-Azim, there was no greater uh, ambition for Khalid bin Walid than to take the place of the shuhada. I always wanted to become a shaheed, but it is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said that I have so much pain and sorrow for the shuhada, that if pain and sorrow could resurrect the shuhada, then my pain and sorrow would be enough for them to be resurrected again. So this is the pain that I have. So please don't judge me wrong. And this letter was given back to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. And some of the companions that were with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, they said that we will also go to Medina Munawwara and we want to personally talk with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that this judgment given for Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was wrong. So the letter went and Hazrat, Khalid bin, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq read and Hazrat Umar Farooq still said that no, this was something wrong. How can Khalid bin Walid marry Majah's daughter? Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said to Hazrat Umar Farooq that 
this is your opinion, my opinion is that Khalid bin Walid is right. What he did is nothing wrong and I forgive him. And then you also had the other companions that came and opened up uh, the whole picture for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. But again, this is what you have to see, how sincere the companions were. The checking that was done by Amirul Mu'minin all the time. All the time. And this is what Yvonne Ridley said to me uh, yesterday when she came. Uh, she said to me that when she was locked up by the Taliban, she was in Jalalabad and she was taken to Kabul. And uh, she said that Mullah Omar was given information that uh, we have caught this foreign journalist. And the term that they used was that we have caught her in the language. So Mullah Omar said that are you saying that it is a lady that you have caught? And uh, they said that, yeah, it's a lady, not a man. So, Mullah Umar says, وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ In our sharia, for a lady to be like that without a mahram, it is not jayz. Now, imagine even in this position, Mullah Umar straight straight away that this is not how you deal with a lady. Uh, give her everything what she wants and give her security and safety and make sure from Jalalabad you bring her here and uh, she says I wanted to see this man he says that well I didn't see Mullah Umar these are her words which I'm just putting in front of you so she said to me uh, my translator was with me and he said to me look there is this Budruk who's going to come and see you so make sure you respect him when he comes it wasn't Mullah Umar it was this other Budruk that he came he had a lovely beard and a big amama, and uh, the face was such, she, she says that in my life I've not seen someone as beautiful as this man. Allah. And he sat in front of me, and he said to me, Sister, did any of the soldiers mistreat you, being a woman? Allah. So she said that, no, no, no one mistreated me. In fact, these people are godly people. And she said that what I noticed is that they pray five times a day. And she said to me, only later on I realized that Muslims had to pray five times a day. So I didn't know that. So she said that no, no one mistreated me. He says, okay, fine. He says, this is the teachings of our messenger. This is now, she said that I felt that if this man was just to nod his head like that, that would mean that executor. <laughs> so she said that fear was there all the time, but I didn't show my fear. And this man said to her, my dear sister, why don't you surrender to the kalima, la ilaha illallah, and Muhammadur Rasulullah. What is there in Christianity for you? Everything is for you only in Islam. Embrace Islam and you will have salvation. So what do you think? So she said, at that moment I was in two minds that if I say yes, you might think that all because of fear, I'm saying yes. So she says, well, it is such a big decision, give me a bit of time. And eventually, uh, it was that regime that gave her freedom and let her go wherever she wanted. So subhanAllah, this is the checking which Amirul Mu'mineen, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, did with Khalid bin Walid that you marry the daughter of Majjah when the Shuhada are here why? now 
at this point the orientalist and the kuffar and the westerners say al-iyazu billah al-iyazu billah this is what they have written of this great man as khalid bin walid they say that khalid bin walid's weakness was that women would have his full control they would control him wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah this is kuffar they accuse khalid bin walid and they also accuse huzur alayhi salatu wassalam that he married hazrat aisha but Hazrat Khalid bin Walid's hikmat and intelligence was such that by him marrying the daughter of Majjah, that entire tribe embraced Islam. Entire. All of Majjah and all the people that were there, all of them became Muslim. So eventually it was not a trick by Majjah, but it was the quick thinking of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid that as he took that promise from the Muslimin, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid very quickly took advantage of the situation and said that, okay, that is fine, I agree, but then give me your daughter in the nikah. And Hazrat Khalid bin Walid kept her in the nikah, and the barakat of that was that all of them became Muslim. Subhanallah al-Azim. This is Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu ta'ala. Do you wish me to carry on, brothers? Hmm? Are you sure? Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anz Islam Subhanallah What a man he was It is said that He embraced Islam later on But before we come into uh, That special day Most important day When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid Testifies to the Kalima He was such a powerful man that when the Muslims and the non-Muslims would would engage in the battlefield, his courage was such that he would want to go in front and challenge Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is in the books of history. And he himself says that many a times I could see the camp of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what he was good at. The first damage that anybody did was Khalid bin Walid. And he would come and he would strike the opponent in such a way that they would be disabled completely. And the finishing was done by the the second half of people that would come. So he would put the people in the right area. He would have himself in the middle. He knew exactly where to deploy all the people. And he said that I could see Huzur alayhi salatu was salam in front and I knew that it was easy for me to get to him because of his confidence that that is how he was and he says every time I decided to go to Huzur alayhi salatu was salam there was one side of Rasulullah that was shown to me Huzur alayhi salatu was salam would either turn and when I would see this beautiful face he says in the condition of kufr his his uh, majesty, his uh, nobility, his character, his personality, his way of talking, his way of seeing, his way of pointing, his way of looking at everybody around him, his clothes were such that my legs could not go any further. I would not stop for anyone, but in the case of Rasulullah, it was as if Khalid bin Walid was completely paralyzed. And he says that one day when Muslims and non-Muslims were in the battlefield, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood up as an imam to perform zuhur salah 
and the companions were with him. Khalid bin Walid stood up and he could see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam performing salah. He said to himself that this is the best opportunity. Muslims are in salah and if I could attack the Muslimin and get right in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Muslims will suffer a massive loss. And he said that with this in mind, I stood up and I said to my the people that were close to me that they are praying salah, let us go now and do the job. As Khalid bin Walid says that every time I stood up to go towards Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his words are that it was like this invisible force that came in front of me and would not allow me to proceed to go further. And I would be stopped. And I would, a man like him would just sit, uh, the one who carried the heaviest sword. And then he said that I would wait for Asr Salah, another opportunity, that now in Asr I will go. Again, Huzur alayhi salatu was salam started his Asr Salah, the companions are praying with him. Khalid bin Walid says, come on now, the Muslims are praying. And Khalid bin Walid says that again with the sword open I go. And he said that as if somebody had locked my legs completely and I could no, not go further. He said some of the things which I had experienced in the battlefield when I saw Rasulullah wasallam, I knew that this man was extraordinary. That this man possibly is a Rasul and there is this invisible force that is protecting him. And he says I had no doubt that in a few days the entire Arabian Peninsula will be in his control. So this is what he, this is what he felt. And when the Muslims signed the contract with the Meccans in Sulayh Hudaybiyah, Al Khalid bin Walid knew that now victory for the Muslims is imminent, and he couldn't see that he was not a Muslim. So he decided to go to Abyssinia to Ethiopia, but again in Ethiopia, Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala an had already been there, and there was already Muslims there, and the Jashi gave refuge and asylum to the Muslimin. So he said that I will go to King Hirakal, and I will stay with him, but not in this land of Arabia, and maybe I might become a Christian or a Jew. This is what he said. Because he could not see defeat. Defeat was not in him. That is why in the battle of Uhud, when Muslims were celebrating their victory and every kafir took their defeat to the mouth, Khalid bin Walid did not accept defeat. Everyone accepted defeat, Khalid bin Walid did not accept defeat in the battle of Uhud. He took, uh, a, he took his, the, a, a cavalry, troops of cavalry with him, cut through the mountain, and he came from no man's land, which the companions could not even dream of anybody coming from this side of the mountain. He cut through the mountain, from the back he came, and he attacked the Muslims from the back. The, the victory that the Muslims were celebrating turned out to be shahadat for them. And a lot of the Muslims became shaheed. This was Khalid bin Walid. Extremely powerful man. He was not a man that accepted defeat. And subhanallah, what a great man Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa was a Nabi. His policy, his thinking, 
decision at the right time. Now, Huzur alayhi salatu was salam was not just in Medina and Makkatul Mukarramah. Ab sallallahu alayhi wasallam was scanning through the whole of Arabia. And how, subhanallah, Ab sallallahu alayhi wasallam touches the heart of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Listen to me very, very carefully, my respected brothers. We talk about diplomacy. We talk about decisions. Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called the brother of Khalid bin Walid who was a Muslim and spoke to him something. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid's brother now writes a letter to his brother Khalid bin Walid. And now when Khalid bin Walid is deciding to migrate out from Arabia, he receives the letter from his Muslim brother, the brother who's converted and who is a Sahabi. And in that letter he says to his brother, Assalamu alaikum. And he says that, uh, how are you my dear brother, respected brother? And he said that it would be nice if you were to surrender to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is my opinion. And he said, I just wanted to say to you that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was remembering you. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was remembering you and he said to me that uh, how is your brother Khalid bin Walid how is he and then he said to me that a man as brilliant as Khalid bin Walid as Allah has given him physical beauty mental beauty wisdom and all good qualities were inside Hazrat Khalid bin Walid Huzur alayhi salam said to his brother that I am sure that Allah will not deprive your brother from Iman. And this he mentioned in the letter. And when he read the letter of Hazrat, his brother, from the words that came from Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that softened the heart. Now he is thinking that why should I go to King Hirakal? Why should I go to Abyssinia? Why should I become a Jew or a Christian? Why not a man from the from amongst us Arabs, from the Qurayshi people? Allah has given him power. Why should I not go and see him? And in the later days, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid saw a dream that he was trapped in a dark room, tiny dark room, and he could not breathe, and he wanted to get out of this room. And eventually, after struggling, he managed to get out of this room, and he entered into this open green fertile land and he could breathe properly when he woke up he felt much better now the only thing was how to go to Medina and meet Huzur alayhi salatu was salam it was difficult for Khalid bin Walid a man like him just to go alone so he met up with a few of the people who were also thinking about surrendering to Islam so he met Hazrat uh, Uthman uh, bin Talha and said to Uthman bin Talha that Uthman I wish to go and visit and meet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam what is your opinion and Uthman bin Talha was scared of Khalid bin Walid that what do I am saying <laughs> uh, Khalid bin Walid would take his sword out does he want to know what is my opinion so Hazrat Uthman bin Talha first of all looks at Khalid bin Walid and Khalid bin Walid looks transformed and changed. He says that, okay, I mean, if you want to go to Medina Munawwara, then I don't mind accompanying you. So both of them decide to go. And as they get out of Makkatul Mukarramah, they meet Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu ta'ala, and great Sahabi. He was not a Muslim. So Amr ibn al-As says, Ya Khalid, Aina Tanzhab, where are you going? 
Khalid bin Walid was a straightforward man. He did not, there was no diplomacy for him in that way. He says, I'm going to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I will see him and I might just even become a Muslim. Now this is what Hazrat Amr ibn As wanted also. He was deciding also something to, this, to that effect. He says, well, can I join you? Now a team of three men go to Madinatul Munawwara. And great people, Khalid bin Walid, Rasman bin Talha, Amr ibn As radiallahu ta'ala. When they go to Madinatul Munawwara, and Huzur alayhi salatu was salam, Kishan, subhanallah, Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam is sitting. And this is, subhanallah, the honor and status. But the world will fall on the feet of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will see with your own eyes people flocking towards you and groups upon groups and communities upon communities will enter in the fold of Islam and they will be your followers. And in this week, Alhamdulillah, three people have taken shahada in Masjid Umar. Sayyidina Arif. Three people have taken shahada in seven days. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. And this is why I read in Maghrib the Salah. And we should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Khalid bin Walid comes and Huzur alayhi salatu was salam looks at him. And when Hazrat Khalid bin Walid looks at the face of Rasulullah, all the time it was in the battlefield, all the time he was in the enemy ranks, all the time it was fight between Muslimin and Khalid bin Walid, he was alone. And now he is there in Medina, the city of the life, and sitting in front of Rasulullah. When he looked at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, without questioning, he put his hands forward to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he touched the, the, the palms of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he started to weep and Huzur alayhi salam with great affection said to him, O oh Khalid, I knew one day you will come here and you will embrace Islam for a man like you, such brilliance, wisdom and such a powerful character that he was, whatever he wanted to do, he would do. Surely Allah would bless someone like you. And Alhamdulillah, Allah is giving you hidayat. And he took shahada on the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and tears were flowing from his eyes. And then he looked at Huzur alayhi salam and he said, Ya Rasulullah, lift up your hands and ask Allah to forgive my past sins. And Khalid bin Walid knew, radiallahu ta'ala, an, that it was his physical strength and power and the way he would set uh, the soldiers in the different areas and a lot of the companions that were made shaheed, it was also due to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid's strategy. So he said, lift up your hands that I have also done damage to Islam in my days of kufr. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam smiled at him. He says, Khalid, when you say La ilaha illallah, all your past sins are forgiven. He says, Ya Rasulullah, for my tasalli, I ask you, I request you, please lift your hands up and ask forgiveness on behalf of Khalid bin Walid. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam lifted up his hands and asked forgiveness on behalf of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. 
radiyallahu ta'ala this was Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala a great man my respected brothers and elders inshallah ta'ala I ended that uh, really there's so much more that we can continue inshallah I wish to continue on Hazrat uh, Khalid bin Walid's uh, all the uh, the positions that he was given and uh, what he did until how he passed away from this dunya uh, even that is very very important so inshallah if Allah wills we will continue with that in the next session and there was this Roman soldier a commander of the Roman Empire whose ambition in life was only to see Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and his ambition was fulfilled and what happens inshallah ta'ala we will continue with that in the next session wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin nabiyil ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tab alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyata fi dunya wal-akhira Allahumma inna nasaluka min rizaka wal-jannah wa na'udhu bika min gazabika wal-nar wa na'udhu bika min gazabika wal-nar Sami'na wa atwana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir Bi rahmatika ya rahman wa rahim